close up. I'm a child of God. Have in my hand the powerful Word of God. Can change lives, heal broken hearts, and save man's soul. Here's our prayer. Lord Jesus, today, speak to me in Jesus' name. Amen. Over the last uh, four weeks, we've been studying and discussing and talking about different things that we are held hostage to. Bitterness, worry, addictions, and you just fill in that blank. And then last week we dealt with anger. All of these, I hope and pray, have perhaps triggered a click in your mind and in your heart so that you are saying, you know, today, today I'm going to choose freedom. Today, I want to be different. Today, I want to be healed. Today, I want to do what God has the power to do in me. And so, consequently, I'm hoping that you pray that. But there may be some here who are saying, Preacher, you've got to be kidding me. This is something that I've struggled with day after day, year after year, and I don't seem to be able to get on top of it, and I'm just about to give up anyway, so I don't even know what to do. Here's what I do know is this. Satan is a liar. Satan will do and lie to us, and we buy into the lie. And so today we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the lies that hold us in the prison as hostage. We want to be free today. We want to bust out of that prison and we want to receive the right things as we should so that God can do a mighty work in us. We want to start by the passage we read earlier in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. For though we live in the world, we do not what? Wage war as the world does. It's important that we stop right there at that period and we take a moment just to absorb that phrase. Though we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world does. Let's keep going. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine what? To demolish what? See, it's important that we understand that you and I can demolish strongholds. It's an interesting Greek word there. I've got it in your outline. I'm not going to try to pronounce it. I don't do it justice anyway. But look at what it means. It means to fortify. It's It's a picture of a strong castle. It's also a picture of a prisoner locked by deception. And deception lies. A prisoner that's locked in and being deceived. Now I want you to understand something as we proceed on in this message. God has brought great conviction in my own life as I preach today. So I'm coming to you as a man who has struggled for years with certain things in my life. And I'm realizing more every day that it's not the pill, it's not a shot, it's the power of God that needs to be released in those weak areas of my life. 
And so I want you to come along the journey with me. And we want to talk about that today. I'm a man under conviction, but I've got to share with you. Somebody left a few weeks ago and said, Preacher, I think you were following me around all week. You stepped all over my toes. Understand one thing. If you feel that, know that mine have been stomped on all week long. It's interesting because when you prepare a message and you pray over the message, and you and I spend a lot of time praying over it. I come very early on Sunday to, to pray over this message to speak to you every Sunday. And God, it's amazing what God does during that time of prayer for me. I hope you're praying for me. I hope you're lifting me up every day. Because if, if anything Satan wants to do is to take preachers out of the way. He wants us gone. And so we need to stand firm. We need to open the word. We need to speak the truth. And today it's going to be a, a tough because I've got to speak the truth about my life. But perhaps it might even affect your life somewhat but what lies hold us what lies are holding you hostage today i want you to think about that but i want to give you three that'll help us or at least two but anyway we'll start with one how's that god here's the first lie god can't change me any of you ever said that to yourself? God can't change me. Because you may have made a mistake in the past. You may have done something that you, you regret you did. And you've held that. Satan has held that to your head like a gun all of the rest of your life. Because you can't get past the fact that you can't do it. How many times have you tried? Thousands. How many times have you started and stopped? Thousands. Because that's the way the lie works. And that's the way Satan works. But I want you to look at a powerful passage in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. We are God's masterpiece. Is that not a powerful word? God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in what? Christ Jesus so that we can do what? He planned for us long ago. see that? He's planned these good things for us when? Yesterday? Long ago. We are His workmanship. Maybe you see yourself in, in, in this verse. Maybe you see yourself in some of the things that we're going to say today. You might have said to yourself at one time, as much as I try, I can't stop losing my temper with my kids. Kids can be exasperating, can't they? I was sitting in a restaurant the other night with my family, and there was a kid down the row there making noise and all that stuff, and you just wonder, can't somebody shut that kid up? Yeah, my granddaughter was sitting there, and at two and a half, she was a perfect angel. <coughs> But it's amazing. Young people raise children. Amen. <laughs> and there's a reason why you're young when you have kids. I wouldn't want to be Abraham and Sarah starting at 199 going after that. I don't think so. I'm just a, I'm just a pup at 55 to some of you guys. <laughs> but I don't think I'd want to have, I don't want Cindy to come in and go, hey, guess what? Arr. 
I'd say, what are you laughing at God about? I'd say, stop laughing. <laughs> you, might, you might have said to yourself, I can't stop taking pain pills. Uh, I know the accident was really a long time ago, but it just seems like I can't stop taking them because they do something for me that nothing else seems to be able to do. I can't stop worrying and freaking out about finances, about this economy, and boy, we're living in a tough, tough time. Any of you say amen to that? Boy, it's tough, isn't it? If you've got a job, hallelujah, do everything you can to keep that job. And the pressure is on the is up, isn't it? The pressure at your level is even higher at the level above you and then higher above them. Because if they're making, you know, $250,000 or more, according to our government, they're wealthy. And they're going to say, I don't think so. You see. We've got to be, it's a lot of pressure out there. I can't control the things that come out of my mouth. <laughs> I told you the story about a friend of mine that let out some cuss words. He said, oh, pardon my French. And I just, I couldn't, I, this had to be God giving me this because I'm not quick on my feet to think about it. But I said, wow, that's a miracle. He said, what are you talking about? I said, I, I don't know French, but I understood every word you said. It must be a miracle of God. <laughs> It helped him think about what he says. But maybe, maybe you struggle with that. How about, I can't stop looking at porn. It's so readily available on the internet and in other ways. I, I, can't, I can't look like that person, though I've tried. I've done plastic surgery. I've exercised. I run 3,900 miles a day and nothing seems to be happening. Nothing is changing. I'm not good enough. I struggle and struggle and struggle and struggle. I've tried to quit. I've failed at trying, so it proves that I can't change. Never found yourself saying some of that stuff? I raise my hand because I have. I've found myself saying that. And we need to learn. And never say, this is just the way I'm going to be. This is just the way I am. God really can't change me. And just look. Just look. I've struggled with this for so long. It's just the way I'm going to be. We're buying into a lie. We bought it. Owned it. And we simply say, God, you really can't change me. Because if He could... Wouldn't he have done that already? Isn't that a valid question? Let's go back to Ephesians 2.10. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us, how? Anew in Christ Jesus. So that we can do the good things He planned for us so long ago. He wants us to do good things. This doesn't have anything to do with how you look. This doesn't have anything to do with how you appear or what you seem to be. This has everything to do with the right focus. It's all about the right focus. How can a boy two, size, two times the size of another boy outrun him from behind? Number two for Broken Arrow broke loose on a run, 80-yard run. I thought, there ain't nobody going to catch him. 
And all of a sudden, I looked up, and this streak come out of nowhere. Dove and swung his arm and knocked his knees together, and that boy limped off the ground because Brother Braden caught him from behind. There was no way he could have caught him. There ain't no way. But I was praying. I said, Lord, find some jets in that boy. I saw him jump five yards as soon as I prayed that prayer. No. You believe that? No. Buying into that lie, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> but boy, I tell you what, that was amazing. That was amazing. How, do, how, do, how does this body be able to respond like that? You see, there's, that's a gift of God. If you've been waiting on me to catch him, well, maybe on the way back I could have caught him. <laughs> we are God's masterpiece. Isn't that a great, that's a powerful word. We're His masterpiece, created anew in Christ so that we can do good things that He's planned for us long ago. Wow, that word masterpiece. A product with a designated purpose. Workmanship or masterpiece has a dedicated and designated purpose. God purposed us to be His. God purposed us to live in Him. God purposed us to be His glory. Woo! He purposed us to be in relationship with Him. I love it. I love it. I've been married to Cindy 33 years. She keeps saying 32. So maybe 32 good ones for her. 33 for me. But I fear many of us find ourselves in a place where we struggle with that same thing over and over and over and we find ourselves thinking, you know what? This is just the way I am. I've tried to change. I'm incapable of overcoming this. You fill in the blank. I'm incapable to do it. And with all respect, because I found myself, I find myself saying that more than I should ever say it. But with all respect... How on earth do you know what you're capable to do? We don't know what we're really capable to do until we're put in the position to demonstrate it. But you'll never demonstrate it running on your own power. Now, you've heard that preached a million times, haven't you? You'll never do it on your own power. How on earth do we know what we're capable of? He... Because the, the bottom line is that we didn't make ourselves, did we? That verse in Ephesians 2 says that God made us. We are His masterpiece. His workmanship. That is a powerful thought. The truth is, for those of us that struggle with this is just the way I am, I'll never change, I'll never conquer this. If you're in Christ, if you're a follower of Christ, the truth is, is that we, we doubt that we could ever do it. And we wait for some elusive, magical switch where all our struggling stops. I'll be very transparent to you. My struggle is ever before me. You see it, I see it. I was at the football game Friday night. I was upstairs where they have food. And they have wonderful food laid out. And then they always have a dessert table. I got to tell you this story. Lynn's not here, so I can do this. They'll get back to her. I know how you are. 
So I, I walk over to the dessert table, and they had the nicest, fattest brownies I've seen in a long time. Somebody made those. Those are homemade. They didn't buy them in the store. So I reached down there, and I pulled up that brownie, and I took one bite, and Lynn Caleb was standing at the end of the, of the table. She wasn't there when I reached down to get that brownie. It's like this phantom person. And she goes, what are you doing? I said, throwing this away. I said, look, somebody took a bite out of it. We don't need to have it. As the crumbs were tripping out. So I, I said, you know, thank you, Jesus. And I went on. After the game, after the game, I was upstairs, finished my stats. I do the stats every week. I finished that up. And I went back out. And what was on that table? More brownies. And I thought, I looked around this time. She ain't there. I picked up that brownie. I didn't even get a bite. She was at the end of the table again. I'm serious. She was standing there going. I said, I'm throwing it away. I'm throwing it. This time she pointed at the trash can. I thought, praise God, Cindy must have called her and said, get over to that table. So, hallelujah, that God loved me enough to send Lynn Caleb to look at me. She didn't even say anything. She just looked. But I had to get rid of that brownie. There's no way I could eat that brownie. I thought about going back and getting it out of the trash, but then, you know, I'm better for it because I didn't. Thank God Lynn was there to help me in my time of need. Maybe I need to, maybe I need to get her a picture and carry it around. Or get a model of her or something, stand up somewhere. So, whew. <laughs> I had to tell you that because I, it was so funny. But I didn't need that brownie. I didn't need it. My body said, you want that, don't you? Not really. My body did. My mind did. My mind did. We're waiting for God to do something that in fact He's already done. We're waiting for God to do something in fact that He's already done. This is where it gets really good. Take a look at 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? New creation. The old has what? And the new has come. The old is gone. The new has come. Woo, good news. We are new. Brand new. You got opportunity. You got something to live for. You've got a power source now in you that you never had before. They may, it may come from God or through Lynn Caleb. I don't know who it is. But God's going to bring the right person at the right time to help you in your time of need. Is that not what He does? If we'll listen, if we'll listen, you might say, Preacher, look, I've raised my hand. I've accepted the Lord. I've given my life to Christ. I've asked God to forgive me of my sins, and yet I still struggle, and I've struggled with this stuff for so long. And I'm still struggling. So what is wrong with me? It's the same thing that's wrong with me and has been for so many years. There's two things about that I want to say. One is, we've bought the lie. We're waiting for something that's already happened. Because when we accepted Christ as our Savior, repented of our sins, confessed those sins to 
to, before men and went to the watery grave of baptism to seal the deal. And we rose to what? The picture in Romans 6 is we rise to walk in what? A new life. A new life. We've been born again. Woo! Whole thing ought to change. Inside and out. Now, none of us have got better looking on the outside. But on the inside, we're pretty, aren't we? Because we're clean. Hallelujah. And we ought to rejoice about that. But it's already been done in us, but we're still carrying the baggage, aren't we? It's time to unhitch the wagon, isn't it? Unhitch that wagon you've been dragging along. Unhitch it and let it go. The second thing is, and that's what we're going to talk about right now, we're, we're using the wrong weapons. Paul talked about that in, uh, in the Scripture in, in 2 Corinthians 5. And, and also the Scripture at the beginning uh, that we talked about. It's that, it's that these weapons have divine power. And we've been using the wrong ones. And these, these weapons we're supposed to use to demolish strongholds, which now prison us with the lies that, are, that, that we're buying into. So what are those weapons? First of all, we've got to capture wrong thoughts. Capture wrong thoughts. Now I'm going to need help with that. That's why God sent Lynn Caleb to stand at the end of that table. I'm telling you, it's like a phantom thing. I, she was not there after that game. And when I picked up that brownie and looked up, she was there. I looked right back where she was early in, the, early in the evening. And she was right there with her head cocked like, what are you doing here? I thank God she didn't ask me to go run a marathon with her. Thank God for that. But capture wrong thoughts. Look in chapter 10, verse 5, for Second Corinthians. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take what? How many? How many? Every thought to make it how? Woo! So if I snag that thought, I can make it obedient. I might need some help by somebody to help me capture that thought. Right? If you're overcoming an addiction, if you're overcoming alcoholism, and you've gotten involved in AA, you get involved in AA because you get a partner. And the, when you're having a struggle, you call your partner, and your partner helps walk you through it, talk you through it, maybe meet you, break the. In other words, you got to break that chain, don't you? You got to do things differently. Those of you that have battled cancer and have gotten it into remission. Did you keep doing the same thing you were doing when the doctor said you've got cancer? No. You sought every treatment possible. You changed your diet. You changed your whole lifestyle. Why? Because you wanted to live longer. When you have a heart attack and the doctor says, okay, you've got to cut out this, cut out this. You don't go home and go, forget that. I'm going to do biscuits and gravy the rest of my life. Boy, I'm going to eat bacon. I'm just going to load it up. Here I go. <laughs> not, not if you're Don Vocal. I watched. Pat, she threw stuff out. said, you ain't having this no more. You ain't having this no more. Poor Don, he walked around. <laughs> But he's still with us, you see. Because some changes had to be made. Well, we're all like that, aren't we? We've all got to do that. And we've all got to be ready to let God do that. And what are we supposed to think on? If we're going to take captives, captive our thoughts, what should we think about? Well, Philippians 4.8 says, Whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely... Admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. You might say, but preacher, we're in such bad shape in America. Oh, are we? When's the last time you just sit and watch the sunrise? 
Or watch the sunset. You can't, you can't put money on that. From a parent's perspective, when you've watched your child do something remarkable, doesn't that just do something inside of you? Oh, oh, it does. When your kiddo who was struggling in a class comes home with a, a higher grade, doesn't it just make you feel good? Because you know they worked hard and you know that they buckled down and you know that they did it. When, you're, when you see your kids with some issues in their life and you see them overcome those issues, isn't that awesome? That is just awesome. And you sit back with, with pride in yourself and humbleness, thanking God that He loved them enough to hang on to them. Because kids don't believe that they can ever be forgiven either. Oh, we got to take captive these thoughts. And I love the fact that the ending of our hostage series doesn't talk so much about what we're not going to be hostage to, but what we are going to take hostage. <laughs> we're on the offensive now. We are going to take hostage some things and we're going to start with our thoughts. And when everything comes into your mind, everything that you see on television, on the internet, at your work, at school, everything that presents itself, that sets itself, itself up opposed to what God has already told us, we've got to take captive. But how does that work? We have to differentiate between fact and truth. Fact and truth. Fact is, we're all sinners. Can I get an amen? amen? We're all sinners. We've absolutely blown it. And the Scripture says that the penalty of sin is death. Stay a sinner, you're going to die. You've got an opportunity to not be a sinner. Change that walk, change that lifestyle, and you get life. Pretty easy. Amen. But the incredible truth is, God says that while we were still sinning, Christ died for us so that as we put our faith in Him and as we give Him our lives, we can have eternal life. I'll stop and let you say amen. I'll stop and let all of you say amen. One more time. Aren't you just a blessing today? Fact versus truth. And I'm praying that many of you will truly, truly today embrace that thought that God loves you and you'll experience that for maybe even the very first time today. But the first thing that we're going to do, we're going to have to take captive our thoughts. Secondly, we're going to have to do, to, to get on top of this, is we're going to have to start speaking the truth. Notice I didn't say we're going to think about the truth. And that's important to do. But we're, we're going to know the truth because that's where the important aspect of this is. We're going to memorize truth. That's important. But that's not what I really said. I said that we're going to speak the truth. Because you see, in essence, our words have far more power than many of us realize. And the way that we say things around people affect them. Parents, you can demolish a child's self-esteem with one word. You can lift up their self-esteem with one word. And fathers in the room this morning, how important you are. Moms are important, don't get me wrong. But dads, you have the power in your words to launch your kids. To bless them. To bless them in a way that they have no concept of what that means. But dads, you can do that. 
They need you, Dad, to be strong. They need you, Dad, to be uh, effective. And they need you, Dads, to be consistent in what you say and how you live. Because your words are powerful. Now, Braden, when he tackled that guy, when he came off the field, I think the coaches were really excited for him. But it would have been sad if they would have said, well, you should have caught him five yards faster than you did. Well... What was that swing in the arm trying to knock him down? Why didn't he just jump on his back and tackle him down? You know what I'm saying? We've got to be encouragers, don't we? If somebody, I mean, if they put out their full one, if he had never caught that guy, the effort was awesome. Woo! Woo! But because he sits under a certain pastor's teaching, unless, you know, it just carries him a little extra. Now, come on, go with me as far. I'm speaking the truth now. I'm speaking. But we've got to speak the truth. Listen to this. Proverbs 8. Here we go to Proverbs again. Yeah, stop it. I knew he'd start it. Proverbs. Power in Proverbs. If you don't have a daily Bible reading, start with the book of Proverbs. Take whatever proverb is for the day of the month. Today would be the 31st proverb. Read it. And something today from that proverb will affect your life, will touch your life. It will. Try it. If you don't do it already, do it now. But in Proverbs 8 to 21, it says what? The power, ha- the tongue has the power of? And? Say it one more time. The tongue has the power of? And? Whew, life and death? Man, that's powerful. The things that come out of our mouths have power of life and death. And I think all too often we speak of our own defeat. By saying things like this, well, I'll always, you fill in the blank. Or we'll say, I can't. Or we'll say, I'll never. Or we'll say, I'm not. And in saying those things that are opposed to the truth of what God said about you, we're giving power to a lie. Because none of it's true. None of it's true. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So giving power to a lie leads to a lifestyle of bondage and imprisonment of that lie. So it's critical that we have to capture those wrong thoughts and we have to speak the truth. Look at Psalm 19 verse 14. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my Redeemer. Woo! That's powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. In fact, I have inserted in your bulletin. Let's find that right quick. I've inserted in your bulletin a front and partially on the back page who I am in Christ. Because you need to understand who you are and what you are. Okay? You need to know that. I'm, I'm a child. I'm God's child. As a disciple, I'm a friend of Jesus. I have been justified. I am united with the Lord. I am one with Him in spirit. I have been bought with a price and I belong to God. I'm a member of Christ's body. I've been chosen by God and adopted as His child. I've been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins. I am complete in Christ. And I want you to hang on to this list. Stick it in your Bible and, and every day for a month, pull this out, start reading it. Start reading it because you're going to begin to believe it once you read it. Amen. And you start to speak the truth into your life. God's going to do great things through you when you do that. 
Because we've got to get away from the stinking thinking. My, my, my good, I love to listen to Zig Ziglar. He is one of my favorites, all-time favorites. And I've heard him say this at a conference one time, never forgotten. He said, the problem with most of us is we have stinking thinking. And we all need a checkup from the neck up. Because <laughs> it's not so much about my ability as how I think my ability is. I may not be better than that guy in front of me, but if I believe I can beat him, then I'm going to, I'm going to at least hold my own. Amen. So we've got to go out there and do it. It's a mind game. Most athletics is a mind game. It is. Most of life is a mind game, is it not? Yeah, you've got to get it in the right frame. You've got to get it in the right frame of reference. But we need to shift our thought process. The words of my mouth, the thoughts of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock, my redeemer. We need to do phrases and words such as this. I am an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. And by the words of your testimony. Greater is He that is in me than he that's in the world. (laughs) I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am a friend of God. I'm God's adopted son. Oh, how about this one? God loves me. Almighty God loves me. The one I've shared to myself a lot lately is this one. He loves me so much that He wants to spend forever with me. He wants to spend forever with me. Woo! Woo! My brother and I talk every week. And this morning he texted me really early. So I knew Satan was on the loose. And he said, God's going to show up today at church. Just hang in there. So I texted him back. I said, because he does immeasurably more than we could ever hope or ask. He texted me right back and he said, I needed that word today. Because you see, it's not about us. It's about God in us. And the more we speak Him in, the greater our victory. God loves me. He even likes me. He even forgives me. I'm His masterpiece. We've got to capture our wrong thoughts. We've got to speak the truth. And then thirdly, to really be able to overcome this, to not buy into the lie anymore, is that we don't give up. We live in a culture in America where I, I, I just think 90%, I don't know, I don't have a, I don't have a, a, a statistical backup on this. I'm just going off of my heart here. But I think 90% of us who struggle with the same things over and over and over know exactly what we need to do to be free. But because of the pain tolerance it takes, we're just not there. And it's not there, and we just simply quit. We just simply quit because we're not ready to work through what it takes to really get, get it accomplished. And we just absolutely give up. We don't wake up one day and we look in the mirror and say, you know, I'm smart enough. And gosh darn it, people like me. <laughs> Stuart Smalley. But what I am talking about is day after day after day and the normal things that happen in our lives, agreeing with God and it takes great faith, pain, tolerance, and perseverance to do that. It requires literally sheer will to change. Those of you that overcome heart conditions, overcome cancer, overcome addictions, you've done it by sheer will. You've set, you set your mind and your heart together and you went at it. And it became a battle, 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 battle. But you did it because you know you needed to do it because there was a reason for you to live. Amen? 
You got up and did it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Colossians 1, 29 through chapter 2, verse 1, it says, To this end, I labor, struggling with all His energy, which so, which so powerfully works in me. Agonizing. The Greek word is we get our word agonizing from means to struggle, to compete for a prize, to contend with an adversary, and not only that, but to win. We not only contend, but we win. That's what this word means. But we need to make no mistake about it. It's not an easy process. It doesn't just happen. It requires incredible determination and faith. But as you will look at this word in the Bible, when you look at the Scripture... To struggle means to compete for a prize. To contend with an adversary. And not only to contend with them, but to win. We are not struggling with things just for struggle's sake. We are not struggling so that we can have victory. It takes pain, tolerance, and perseverance. Getting free from that which has held us captive takes a lot of perseverance. You're going to fail. I'm telling you right now, you will. But the good news is, you can pick yourself up. It's not getting knocked down that's the problem. It's staying down that's the problem. So get yourself up and keep going. Keep speaking the truth. Keep capturing wrong thoughts. And in the end, you will win. In the end, you will be free. Philippians 3. But one thing I do, Paul says... Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Without sounding too churchy, the truth of who God is and who He, had, who he says we are, if we let that penetrate our minds and come out of our mouths over and over and over, day after day, it truly will set us free. And we will be changed. Let's pray. Father, I ask You, earnestly ask You and plead with You this morning to set us free. Probably, Father, the most important aspect of that is that we need to set ourselves free because You've already done it. And we need to quit living the lie and believing the lie and buying into the lie and start to buy into the fact that You love us and while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And in order for us to be in Him, we simply open our hearts and confess that He is Jesus. He is Lord. And Father, we follow that with the commitment of baptism to prove that we really are truly serious about this relationship. And it's not the water that's the magic issue. It's the fact that our hearts have been changed. And God, there ought to be fruit of repentance showing up after we've made that decision. But the reality is, Father, we continue to battle sometimes the same old things that still trip us up. It's because we don't believe that we can stop it and we don't believe that we can conquer it because we simply are still trying to do it under our own power. So, God, I'm praying today that we're not going to look for that one big break, that one thing that just really makes it happen, that we're going to quit using our stinking thinking, but we're going to do a checkup from the neck up. Father, we're going to begin to speak the words of truth, to speak the words of power, to speak the words that say that I'm accepted, that I'm God's child, 
I've been chosen by God and adopted as his, as his child. I am complete in Christ. I have direct access to the throne of grace through Jesus Christ. I am free from condemnation. I am assured that God works for my good in all circumstances. I am free from my any condemnation brought against me, and I cannot be separated from the love of God. I've been established, anointed, and sealed by God. I am hidden with Christ in God. I am confident that God will complete the good work that He started in me. I am a citizen of heaven. I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I am born of God, and the evil one cannot touch me. I am a branch of Jesus Christ, the true vine, and a channel of His life. I am God's temple. Oh, Father, would we say the words, would we believe the words, and more than that, would we trust in those words? Father, if there's somebody here today that just simply has not surrendered to You in the way that they should, has just simply not uh, responded to You in the way that they should, we want to encourage them, Lord, to step forward. We want to encourage them, Lord, to come and be a part of what You have called them to be. And God, more than anything, we thank You for Jesus Christ who gave His life on Calvary so that we might have life eternal. And God, will we leave here embracing that truth and not believe the lie anymore. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God's tugging at your heart in any way. Let's respond to Him as we stand and sing together. Mm -hmm.